Uh, thank you for tuning in to episode three of Saving the Republic. Today, we're going to be talking about everything that's wrong with China, the latest news in the Trump administration, and the overreach and civil unrest that some states and mayors have been causing. As most of you know, uh, I am Ethan Holland uh, from UT Arlington, and here we have Nate Dunning. Hey, I'm Nate Dunning from the University of Mary Hardin-Baylor. I'm Skylar Watson from Texas Tech. I'm Kelly Neidert from the University of North Texas. So today we're going to be talking about some stuff that went on with Trump earlier this week. First of all, he pulled funding from the World Health Organization. He said that they had a role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. So he went ahead and pulled the funding. And a lot of people see this as something that's going to be very detrimental. A lot of people see it as something positive. Do you guys have thoughts on if it's going to be negative or not? I think the overall impact is going to be a positive impact because as we've seen, the World Health Organization has been essentially a wing of China's government and we've been funding them significantly more than any other country. So we're essentially just saving tax dollars at this point. Yeah, I'm with Nate on that one. I think that by pulling the funding from the WHO, it not only shows, it's not only going to prevent the American people from, uh, or I'm sorry, provoke the American people from investigating the, the the WHO and just being more aware of what goes on in this country. But I think the WTO and the UN, a lot of Americans are going to start looking at other kind of globalist organizations and start really rethinking what's going on. I don't think this, I don't think this stops with the WHO. Yeah, I agree with you on that a little bit. Um, I think the whole globalism aspect is definitely going to be looked into after this because um, just the general feeling towards the World Health Organization and China and then people start doing some research and see things where uh, China was put on, uh, what was the name of the panel? Um, for the, for the, the human rights, rights yeah, panel. the human rights panel for the, um, UN, the United Nations. UN, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people from like different kind of political beliefs are we're gonna really question like our relationship with the the UN, the World Trade, the, the World Trade Organization, kind of all of it. Uh, after all of this, I think whether you're a libertarian or just kind of a just any kind of conservative, I think a lot of people are really questioning like the deal that we're getting. Why are we? Why are we paying? I'm not sure how much it is, but uh, millions at least, I assume, probably billions. But why are we paying so much? And what are we actually getting out of it when the World Health Organization has been pretty, pretty mediocre, in my opinion? Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, um, in my in my personal views, I've started to really look at China in this time, and. 95% of ibuprofen comes from China. You know, all of Apple products, actually Apple's been changing a little bit, but still a lot of it comes from China. Uh, you know, there's just so much stuff that you grab and it says made in China. And we've all known this. We've just never really stopped to analyze it. And what I'm starting to really notice, because I always wondered in the last few years, why is North Korea so close to China? 
And if China is so great, then why are they continuing to help North Korea? And I'm starting to realize uh, China is a mainstream North Korea. They also have towers that are empty. They also, I mean, there's a giant similarity in the communism, the human rights violations. There's so much. And so I'm just wondering, okay, at what point are Americans going to, you know, maybe we shouldn't be buddy-buddy with China. Yeah, China's, I mean, they've been doing a lot of sketchy stuff for a long time. And it's sort of, it's sort of just been like, we just buy their, we just buy their stuff. We consume, you know, we get cheap goods and, you know, that we just don't really worry about it too much. Don't really think about it. But yeah, this is gonna, me personally, it's gonna, it's gonna kind of affect what I, I've already sort of don't really buy a lot. I mean, I'm a broke college student, but it's, it's going to make me think twice whenever I'm buying anything. Like I might buy the new iPhone that came out, but you know, let's, let's see how much of it's made in China and, and all of that. Cause I know Apple has like sort of brought, done more like uh, manufacturing in the, in the U S. Yeah, exactly. Say. And the world health organization also, uh, something that for me was, uh, I know we talked a little bit about this in episode two, but uh, now the funding has really been withdrawn. So now we kind of want to talk about it more in depth. The not recognizing Taiwan as a state. So, okay, if you're a World Health Organization, what I get from that title is you're in favor of the world. You're not any, you're not a member, you're not owned by any one country. So you would want to be accepting of the world at that point. But whenever you have people getting interviewed, and they get asked about Taiwan and they say, can you repeat the question? And then they say, oh no, just move on to the next question. And then they disconnect. It's like, okay, that's a little suspicious. <laughs> and so the World Health Organization, I think they had it coming for a while and it's long overdue. All right, so also this week, uh, stimulus checks have gone out and Trump's name is going to be on them. And I read an article on, I think it was ABC News, it was saying that this is the first time that a president's name is going to be on this sort of document. Um, does anybody have reasons or ideas why he decided to put his name on them? Well, one thing that I've heard on that is there was almost an attempt by some Democrats to push the issuance of the check to the states, which, I mean, we're all for kind of federalism here and states rights but when the federal government is issuing money to the citizens adding an extra step of the state there adds time to getting people their relief money so if the states were issuing it i could see going through the states but since it's the federal government issuing it uh it it saves time and also it kind of reminds people that hey, Trump isn't the evil guy the media makes us out to be. He's trying to help, which is another reason I've heard Democrats may have wanted to push it off to the states is keep Trump as out of that $1,200 check as possible. I think it's also partly like the matter of, uh, don't you forget that the administration helped out with this a lot. Sure, Congress had a big role, but you know Democrats were going to be, you know, Trump didn't care. Just going to pretend that Trump didn't push that stimulus package. They're just going to, uh, and so I think by putting his name on it, it's like, let me, it's him saying, you know what, let me just make this clear. Uh, you know, I'm giving you this check. But I mean, you know, we as the United States government as a whole are giving you this check. It's not anyone, it's not the Speaker of the House who has, you know, $200 of ice cream in her freezer and a $25,000 refrigerator. It's not any of these people. It is the federal government. 
And I think that just by putting his name on it, it fixes that problem. I think it's a little silly. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that Trump would do it. And I'm not like crazy upset, but I'm just like, really, is it necessary? It's not even coming up. If it was coming out from his bank account, then, uh, you know, hey, go ahead and put your name on it. But, you know, you're not, you're not, it's not literally you writing the check. So I don't know. It's just kind of silly. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I really don't have a giant opinion on it. I'm not like, yes, his name's on it. I mean, I really don't care as long as the checks go out. Even though, uh, you know, while we're on it, uh, we'll talk about the stimulus package another another day, and we already have in the other episodes. But I am kind of annoyed that college kids were just kind of forgotten about because, yeah. you know, I haven't worked in a month and a half, and because my parents claim me as a dependent, I'm not qualified for a check. And so, okay, if you're not going to give me a check, give my parents $500 for one of their kids. Oh, but I'm over uh, 17, so that's not going to work out. So all these college kids that are having to move home suddenly and probably aren't working, now their parents, there's really not another option except for their parents to pay for them. And there's no federal government. And not to mention, we're the generation that's going to have to pay for this stimulus package. So if I'm going to have to pay for it, I would have liked to get a check. Or if, okay, if $1,200 is too much, um, okay, then give me half of that at least. I mean, seriously. And then I see California giving it to the, uh, the illegals, which is a whole other conversation. But I'm like, okay, give, why don't you give the college kids that are all broke and all the families that are going broke having to pay for their college kids who are suddenly home before you start going and doing that? Yeah, we've got, uh, we got dead people getting checks. We got illegal immigrants getting money and got all these other groups, but college kids, for some reason, we don't deserve anything. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, it really, it really doesn't. You like, know, for example, for yeah. example, not to get super personal, but I haven't paid my March car insurance, and you know, tomorrow my April car insurance is due, and I yeah. don't have any. I, I'm not gonna pay for it. I don't have the money to pay for it because I yeah. haven't worked in a month and a half. It's it's stupid. It's insane. Yeah. Another important thing to remember is even in the states like California, where dead people are getting dead people and illegal immigrants are getting checks. College students aren't getting checks there either. Like, uh, one of the things I do on campus is I'm a chapter chair with a political organization, and one of my members lives in California. No check. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, you know, and I pay taxes too. It's not, it's not like we don't, you know, college kids don't pay taxes. Oh, no, they do. A lot of them, I'm fortunate enough to not have to uh, pay for my own school, but most of these college kids are having to pay for their own apartment and put themselves through college, do all this stuff. And now they are going to be in more debt than they should have been. And uh, granted, in the stimulus package, you know, the federal uh, uh, student loans have been, you know, I mean, they're doing stuff to help college kids, but getting money in the pockets of the American people, uh, the college kids are included in that. I mean, I'd prefer nobody get money, but that's me. But I mean, yeah, I even work a little bit. Like I, I do, I've been doing food deliveries, a favor and stuff like that. I mean, like, I've been working and also uh like I I have to get exposed to this whenever I do that um like I'm getting exposed so a little bit of risk going on um I don't know I don't really want any money but if I'm not getting it then why should anybody else do it so that's my perspective exactly so I guess our last thing about Trump for this section um is the media video that he showed I personally somehow haven't seen this yet but I've heard a lot about it um, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Because I know a lot of people called it petty. Some people thought it was the best thing ever. So, yeah. I think it was petty, but at the same time, 
I'm so glad he did it. I think it was the right thing for the media to see because, yeah, I mean, you're talking about people in that room like Jim Acosta, that John dude from uh, NBC or whatever network he's from. And so it, it's they're all in there and they can't get out. And if they do get out, it'll be on camera that they couldn't sit there and watch themselves. And CNN not airing these press briefings, but they have all these people in there asking questions, just tells you all that you need to know. And so Trump playing these videos, especially of the governors praising his efforts, most of them Democrat, I was just kind of, uh, it was perfect. I loved it. And especially when he started pointing at the people in the room, like, that was you. You remember that? That was you. And I, I thought that was amazing. It was petty, but it was just, it was, I mean, what would, what would you do? I have to, I mean, you put yourself in his shoes. Okay. If the media was attacking my every single move, what would I, I, I honestly, who knows what I would have done, but I think it was perfect. I mean, nobody, the thing is, the thing is though, none of us would be the type of president that Trump is. So like he brings it on himself. And, yeah, he's uh, definitely unique. I, I think it was. I think it was funny. Um, kind of annoying. Definitely petty. Um, I mean, it was funny to watch because I like turned the I turned the news on and I was watching it. And I was like, "What the heck?" Like, I just didn't make sense. <laughs> I was like, "This is." It's kind. Of, it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny to like watch them squirm and like roll their eyes. But but that kind of stuff kind of, is why people elected Trump because of this petty stuff that he does. And, you know, say what you want. I mean, in my opinion, this is just a fact that you can't, you can't get around. But in, if you look at his behavior pre-president and now, he's still got a lot of room to, you know, grow more presidential. But he, his demeanor oh, has changed. He is ex- more, he's more professional. And so this petty stuff happens a lot less frequently. So I think that's why it's so funny because he, he still does it, but just not as much as he did in, say, 2012. Yeah, I think, I think it's definitely professional sometimes. Yeah. I think it's kind of petty, but it's well deserved. Um the media kind of just drug his name through the dirt and this was kind of his opportunity and he took it to show them that, you know, hey, y'all got it wrong too. I do think that, you know, it's the White House. I I could have made a better video on iMovie than they did with that. I would have thought, okay, the White House can make better transitions than this. It was like it was like a little clip and then a white screen that said, while Trump did this, and there's no music. It was it was like, okay, you're the president of the United States. Can't you give can't you give a White House intern like a hundred bucks to make a nice video? I I mean I I couldn't get around that. I was I thought I was the only one that felt that way, and then I was watching uh, Stephen Crowder's podcast and he made that point, and I was like, okay, so it's not just me. That video was so low quality. I mean, not to toot our own horns, but we're a bunch of college students, and well, I think our videos are slightly better edited than that. No, seriously. I mean, you can go through the iMovie tutorial and make everything, but I, I really do think it was, frankly, overdue. Because if you look at, if you just go on YouTube and search Trump versus Jim Acosta, it is so funny. Just the constant, the constant. You know, when Jim Acosta tried to tell him, I think our network is more, uh, more accurate than you, than your administration, Mr. President. What I they forget it's... is, what they forget is, you're talking to the President of the United States. You don't talk over the President of the United States. You don't. I mean, they they just talk over him and talk over him and talk over him. The other day I saw him. He's like, okay, you know what? If you're not gonna let me answer the question, I'm just gonna leave, and you can just talk to everybody here. I'm just gonna leave. When I saw that, I was like, finally, it's overdue. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird how CNN, like, that, uh, at some of these press conferences, they'll cut away from it. And they'll, like, one of them was, uh, was, it was, I think it was Jim Acosta that was, like, talking. 
And uh, they cut out from the, the press conference to go to Jim Acosta. And and it was one of them where I think uh, Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci were talking. So kind of weird. Uh, it's like, I understand they don't want to air something that seems biased, but still. No, yeah. And I mean, it's it's just, it just says everything you need to know. They they know They know that Trump makes them look so bad, so they don't show it on the TV, except they're supposedly transparent. It's so, okay, your own employees that you give millions of dollars a year to are there, yet you can't show you can't show this on the TV. Yeah. On that, I'm gonna go ahead and move on to our next topic. Okay, so our next topic is going to be over China and some of the craziness we've heard about this week. So my uh, first topic here is we have now gotten confirmation that COVID came from a lab in Wuhan, similar to what we said on this podcast. So what do you guys think about uh, the whole COVID coming from a lab thing? Well, I don't know if it's been, okay, hold on for a second. I think it came from a lab, but again, they launched an investigation. I don't think that it's 100% confirmed yet. Although Uh, that doesn't mean I don't think it did. I I I 100% think it came from a lab. Uh, I believe I saw yesterday where it was confirmed. I think I saw that too. I believe Senator Ted Cruz talked about it on his podcast as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I said in January, I remember I told one of my, um, uh, my friends who's, uh, studying biology or something. I was like, I was like, what do you think the chances are this thing came from a lab? Cause I think it did. My mom told me in December that it came from a lab and I was like, I don't know about that one coach. And then in January, February, I was like, you know what? This came from a lab. And then I just dropped it because everybody thought I was insane. Although, I, I mean, that doesn't mean I stopped believing it. I just stopped talking about it. And then whenever I got the Fox News notification, uh, you know, the, that, you know, they're looking into it. I was like, I, what did I say? What did I say? Yeah, I think. I think oh, you can go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, uh, my dad kind of did the same thing. Last December, he bought like a thousand MREs for us. I, I guess he just saw this coming, although it didn't get that bad. But he's been saying this whole time it came from a lab. I think there's probably more around it that we don't know. I know some people think that it was released intentionally. Some people think that it was just an accident, but I still feel like there's just a lot of stuff that we don't know about it. Do y'all think that Americans played a role in that? Uh, well, actually, that was my next question is, uh, did y'all know that some of the um, the uh, National Institute of Health funding was going to the lab in Wuhan? Yeah, and there were some Harvard professors that got arrested because they had some involvement. Mm-hmm. Well, from what I heard, uh, it, the funding from the National Institute of Health was not going towards the creation of a new virus. It was supposed to be used to research viruses that already exist in nature. At least that was my understanding of it. Seems a little bizarre that we're sending money to China anyways to research viruses I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but it wouldn't shock me. But like China's, they're always up to something. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it doesn't shock no, me. No, I'm just, it's, it's not just this. I mean, there's so many things that are coming to light. You know, like we talked about earlier, the WHO, there's, I mean, there's just so much. I mean, it is just remarkable how much stuff we are learning about China, just that we should have been knowing in the first place. We just, I guess Americans just weren't doing their research. There's like a police department that, or I think multiple, not just one, but I think a bunch that 
China like sent drones and now they're using drones to surveil people. I don't know if, I don't know if y'all saw that, but uh, I like read the headline. I saw that. That's weird. That's that's not. <laughs> that's definitely a big red flag there. Yeah, I don't want I don't want a Chinese drone. You know, I I told I told y'all in private. My mom is looking into slingshots to take them down. If she sees one outside, she will. And she's looking into getting a firearm, so she will take them down. There, my mom is full. She thinks Terminator is getting unleashed on us. Oh yeah, skeet shooting in the front yard would be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, just oh man, <laughs> that drone's back. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Don't even have to spend money on clays. Just right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not just that. I mean, look at uh, okay. I always mess up the pronunciation, the pronunciation, but uh, that phone company, Huawei. Uh, Huawei. Nate, what do you know? What do you? Yeah, Huawei. What do you know about that? Um. I know there have been a lot of claims. Um, I haven't looked too much into it that they have certain backdoors into their hardware and software, allowing uh, access to different things I don't, to the Chinese government. Yeah, I don't know if it was them. It probably was them, but uh, I know there have been, over the last years, there have been a bunch of like Chinese companies that have stolen like American IP, and that's that's that in itself is like pretty disturbing. well i know they're banned because they they their phones completely violate your privacy i mean just on another dimension and i yeah. noticed that uh because whenever i go to mexico i'll see i'll see huawei signs everywhere i mean they have i mean huawei is very existent in mexico and i noticed that the government the government of mexico is starting to ban those too they're starting to have everybody remove them I'm like, okay there's probably something deep here that i mean and it's not just that you know and this gets into, uh, I know Facebook's an American company, but if you download Facebook and then you delete it from your phone, you didn't actually delete everything that was in that app. They, there's, there's a lot of stuff that uh, Chinese tech is just, why, why? There's no, you start getting into suspicion because there's only so many reasons for so oh, many things. Yeah, Facebook is, I think they've gotten a little bit better because they've been under a microscope in the last like, couple of years, but uh They've been better about being a little bit more transparent, but like with that, you can actually go and see, like you can look up what they, uh, like all the information that they have about you, like what they use to advertise, um, like the kind of information they send to advertisers and they can, you can see, uh, basically like what your, what categories you're, you're, you fall into, like, it'll be like advertisers that are trying to sell things based on people that people that are interested and family uh it could be anything politics be anything um and uh yeah it's kind of it's just kind of weird to see the stuff that uh like advertisers advertise to you on well, i think facebook's you're been interested about, in the i think facebook's been like two second two percent more transparent i still don't think if you yeah. watch the hearings where zuckerberg is sitting there you just want to slap him across the face. You can totally tell he is just straight line. Yeah, and I'm not senators. Sure. Senators are onto him. I'm not sure who I dislike more in those in those hearings, the the politicians or Zuckerberg. Like neither one of them come across as particularly likable. Yeah, no, but Facebook. I mean, they have a lot more room to get to to be more transparent. And we talk about you know we talk about Facebook again. It's an American company, but. They, they are still, they have a lot of Chinese involvement in them. It's not just pure American. And if you look at people like Zuckerberg or Bill Gates, they're, I mean, they're globalists. It's, uh, I mean, it's no wonder that Facebook and Microsoft and all these companies and YouTube have such involvement and have, some, have a, are under a microscope because we're noticing 
Okay. Yeah. China has a very significant presence in our own country. Yeah. Just be careful what you put on social media. Like it's, we hear that all the time, but not, not just because of what other people can see, but like what you're giving to Facebook and yeah, they can only, they can only take what you give them. So let's don't give them, don't give them a lot of personal info. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Uh, my next kind of talking point was, um, China, the possibility that they are conducting nuclear tests. This has kind of come out uh, over the last few days that there are some sites that look like they may have been used for nuclear testing. I saw that, but like, I guess I just don't understand why would they be doing that? Like, I don't know if it's true or not, but I don't know like what motives they have to be doing that right now. I mean, I think part of that is the entire world is kind of mad at China right now yeah, because, you know, the whole news about everything coming out from a lab and all, I feel like they might be getting kind of on the defensive at this point, worried that the entire world may want them to pay some kind of reparations. Or, I think, you know, I think they've been, I think they've been doing nuclear tests and I'm surprised that people are shocked by this because like I said earlier, if you look at North Korea, where do you, how do you think North Korea can afford to do this? China is right there with them. I mean, it's not, it, it's just, I, it just shocks me that people are shocked. I, I mean, really, look at all the stuff that China's doing. Of course, they're nuclear testing. I mean, and with the whole world hating them, well, yeah, I mean, they'd be stupid not to nuclear test. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I really hope that uh, Boris Johnson, who recovered from coronavirus, I really hope he comes out like guns blazing wanting to go after China uh like you did this to me prepare to die <laughs> like I don't know I would love yeah, that literally that happen. and with the Trump administration pulling funding from the WHO I mean yeah I mean it's it, I mean yeah sure the focus is on the WHO but it's also on China and we're we launched a full the government launched a full investigation I forgot which department uh into that lab and into China so I mean we're all I mean in my opinion we're all over them um we'll see where it goes or where it leads to but if anybody rants about China, it's Trump. I mean, I mean, we have all heard him say the word China, and I'm not going to do it because I'm really bad at mocking his accent. I think everybody is. Yeah, there are very few good Trump impersonations. But yeah. Okay, so going a little bit back to kind of big tech, what do y'all think about uh, Tesla building their? I think it's the Gigafactory in China where they were planning on increasing their production. I don't know why they have to do it in China. Like that just seems really kind of not the best move right now when they could easily put it in America. I don't quite get that. And they've been building in California for so long. Why, why the sudden need to go to China? But they, I mean, I mean, they're sooner, sooner or later, they're going to start laying people off and just letting the technology do the work for them. So that part, that could be part of the reason they could be thinking future. Although Elon Musk shocked a lot of us the other day when he talked about CNN. He, he oh, said that he's, yeah. he's surprised that there's still a network, Elon Musk. And I'm like, hold, hold, hold on a second. Since when is Elon Musk not a partisan? I, I mean, I, anyway, it, I, when I saw that, I was like, wow. Yeah, that was kind of weird that, and it was, it was so weird. I mean, there's, people always talk about CNN being fake news, but that was probably the worst I've seen in a while because it, there were hospitals that had, that already like tweeted tweeted about Tesla giving them ventilators. It was like it was public, and it was days before CNN posted this, and 
they they posted saying that none of the hospitals have gotten ventilators and yeah they posted saying that tesla is lying about giving out ventilators tesla did not make a thousand whatever and elon musk just went just went all yeah, off on went him. ham yeah. i mean <laughs> sicko mode <laughs> with what we've <laughs> seen like yes. sicko mode <laughs> with what we've seen from uh elon musk uh he's been uh, pretty generous when it comes to crises in giving different tasks to Tesla engineers and boring company engineers to assist in whatever way possible. Sure. And I'm still not, I'm not an Elon Musk fan at all. We can talk about that later, but I was really happy to see him. I was really happy to see him say that about CNN that, that, because you know, you can, you can say, okay, hold on a second. Of course, CNN is a partisan, but they lie. It's not a matter of, I don't like what they're talking about. It's a matter of these statistics are false. It's, and you can prove it so easily. And I'm in college and I can still prove that they're false. I'm not some guy with a PhD doing research. No, I mean, I can just do a simple Google search and I'm like, wait, that's not true. And so to see somebody that is so uh, on the other side complaining about a network that has a lot of his same views, that is exactly what uh, we needed to get CNN out of the media. Yeah. Well, Elon, I don't know if I'd say he's uh, he's real on the other side. I don't really know a lot about his politics, which I think is a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's like a lot of people. A lot of people are. Uh, I don't know. Is he? Is I don't know. I just haven't really seen. I haven't really seen much about Elon's politics. But, so, from what I've heard, I think Elon kind of falls into, I guess, maybe classical liberal territory. I know he backed Andrew Yang, so. Yeah, and he's he's out here with you know he's he's one of these tech giants that makes you think Terminator is on the way. Okay, so my next question is on what repercussions should China face because of everything that's gone on. I think for one thing, I don't know if I'd call this a repercussion on them necessarily, but I really think that uh, the U.S. should start moving a lot of our stuff back here and out of China because that's kind of good for us. That's really good for us. And that would take some stuff away from them. So, yeah. And that would also give some of the jobs. It would give jobs to American people, many of whom are out of work right now. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, something that I could, I could definitely see Trump and uh, the U S and really the UK is getting together and making a push for the UN to to put um, to reprimand China. Um, now the issue is that there are a lot of China, there's China itself, and there are a lot of countries that are heavily influenced by China that would push back on that. But I could definitely see at least a few countries in the West getting together, um, and hopefully, hopefully we could reprimand them because there's been a lot of negligence and. Some would say there's, you know, maybe even sort of conspiracy, but some would say there's maybe even been like kind of wrongdoing on China's hands. During the Trump administration, he has already punished China a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think we're about to see another dimension of let's destroy China now. But in the last few years, sure. Okay. Some companies have been moving back to the United States, but what we've uh, sometimes forget to realize is, we are benefiting Asia as a continent a lot because a lot of companies are leaving China and going to other Asian countries. Like Apple is opening a giant factory in Vietnam. 
there, which, okay, yeah, it'd be great if they do it here, but if they're going to do it outside of the United States, just don't do it in China. So it, a lot of people are like, okay, well, American businesses aren't coming back to China. Okay, well, they're going everywhere but China. They, I mean, he's indirectly helping Asia by talking so badly on China because other companies, even companies that have nothing to do with America, are getting are looking at what you're saying, looking at what American companies are doing, and just the human rights violations that China has, and realizing, okay, our products are being made by four-year-olds, uh, you know, being forced to do it. Uh, let's get out of here. And so most of them are benefiting countries like I said, Vietnam, all the surrounding countries. I think a lot of those countries still like obviously they're not as bad as China, but I'm sure it's kind of the same thing with like child labor and like cheap labor. I feel like it can be good to help other countries, but uh, we should put ourselves first, the U.S. first. Like I don't know, I don't really necessarily think that all business should be moved to the U.S., but I think that we should prioritize ourselves and getting our people jobs before we prioritize other countries. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the, you know, America first aspect. I just, I'm just noticing, okay, if worst case scenario is they're not going to come back to the United States, let them leave China. I'm just saying that although it's not going, they're not all coming to America, which I would like, it's a good thing that they're at least leaving China. I think I mentioned this last week, uh, or the week before, whenever, but what I would really like to see is just more conscientiousness on the part of American consumers and thinking about like, yeah, do you really need this crap if it's benefiting, you know, these uh, Chinese government? That's, that's where I think, uh, that's where I come from. I think another big reparation that we could aim for is just the recognition of Taiwan because China has been so adamant that, hey, no one, no one recognized them, you know? Yeah. I feel like that that could be as a big one. It doesn't like hurt them financially or anything like that, but it it's it's kind of petty. But you know they they deserve it at this point. Some of the stuff that we're forgetting about is okay. The Chinese hacked into our military not long ago. I mean, uh, right before Trump came into office, they were we couldn't even get close to China because they would be hacking into our systems. And I don't know the exact story on that, but our ships were you know, being, uh, I mean, China was able to get into them. So you can talk about, oh, the, the trillions of dollars that go to the military is not necessary. Oh, no, it was. We're, we can't even, I mean, they're taking control of us. And it, why? It, they, they shouldn't. It's just, why are we doing this? Why are we allowing it to happen, I guess I should say. Yeah, it's not just that. China being, it's not just China being bad, but there are a lot of Americans that have interest in China. I mean, look at Joe Biden. Talk about Ukraine all you want. Uh, they've, they, you know, they went to China on Air Force Two and, the whole billion dollars. I mean, that's a whole other thing. And so, uh, I'm, like I said earlier, I mean, China has a high involvement in our politics, whether it's direct, whether it's indirect, they still do. And they should. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, an, uh, I think the economic impact was in the tens of trillions of dollars that the world has seen that China has caused. So another thing I've heard is like a 25% tariff on all Chinese goods until that's paid back. Something like that. Just various ideas I've heard. I'd be in favor of that. Kind of the libertarian part of me still really is opposed to tariffs. Um, but I can definitely see where it, the rationale for it. And uh, part of me would be like, you know what, 
they've been bad enough. Let's do it. But, yeah. Another thing I've heard is that China should also just all debt to China should be ignored and treated as if it didn't exist at this point and just not pay back. Yeah. I really don't think we should have to pay it back. I mean, at this point they've, we've had to spend another $2 trillion just to keep the American public, you know, fed essentially. Uh, so I think that that at, at least the 2 trillion should be removed from any debts to China we have. Okay. I think that's all the time we have for that topic. So next up, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the civil unrest and kind of the, ultimate takeover that the some of the state government has taken over the United States. So next up, we're going to be talking about some of the civil unrest that's gone on in Michigan with their governor. There's been a lot of people protesting, but then also some other states and even some cities here in Texas. So what do you all think about some of the protests that have gone on in Michigan? Do you think there's been a good reason to protest or do you think they're kind of just looking for attention or how do y'all feel about uh, the Michigan, Michigan stuff? I think they've had good reasons. Just uh, they need to be careful about the whole social distancing because yes, their governor has gone way too far. For example, she went on TV with a shirt that said that woman from Michigan when Trump called her that woman from Michigan. Okay. You have time to go to Vista print and get a shirt printed out and wear a shirt but you can't listen to the demands of your people. I mean, seriously. And so, I mean, they, she said no visiting relatives, no going to drive-thrus. I mean, nothing whatsoever. All the parks are closed. And these protests, they're staying in their cars in a confined space with the windows up. And it's okay. They're still exercising their social distancing and they're protesting. I'm, I'm, I, think it's, I think it's good. And there's a petition that has like more than 200,000 signatures to get her removed, which I think is awesome. I really yeah. feel like people should be allowed to make their own decisions. Like we shouldn't have to stay in because the government tells us to. We should be able to make that decision for ourselves. It's going to be our fault if we get sick. Um, I know that's not exactly fair for people that are more prone to illness or whatever, but at this point, I really think that the virus is dying down. And for those restrictions to be that severe in Michigan, they definitely have a reason to be protesting. So that's how I feel about it. So another big restriction for Michiganders is uh, the second home restriction because many people there will have, even if they live, you know, somewhere else during most of the year, they'll have like some kind of fishing cabin or something like that on uh, one of the lakes. And she restricted you from going to your second home. I'm currently moving right now. So I have two places currently for the next two weeks. And I wouldn't be able to move between this place and my new place because of those second home restrictions. Yeah, and I, I was going to bring that up too. I mean, I think it's crazy. And especially whenever you have like a waterfront property in Michigan. Again, I'm a Texan, so I really don't know anything about Michigan. But whenever they have their, their waterfront property, that part of the water is yours. It's not public. Nobody, I mean, if, if I look outside my window and I see somebody right in front of my house in the water, I can call the police. They're not supposed to be there. So how are you going to ban me? from being outside where nobody is around me and you know I'm not I'm not jeopardizing anybody's health or my own I'm just minding my own business in fact you'd probably be more secluded in your second home than you would be in your first home I mean I just I just think it's stupid that 
that they think they have the right to restrict that. Yeah, they've personal. they've banned pers- I believe it's pretty much every personal watercraft except canoes and kayaks. So you couldn't they've, even yeah, go they've out banned on your jet, jet skis. skis. They've banned everything. Yeah, personally, I think it's I think it's cool that they aren't forgetting that they have the right their First Amendment rights uh, even in the midst of all this. So I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's also kind of crazy how uh, I believe in Michigan they're still allowed to go to Planned Parenthood, but you you can't go out on the water on your own property. And you can still get weed, I think. Yeah, there, there, I know there's been a big fight in in Texas for sure about uh, Planned Parenthood wanting to open. Fortunately, like we've been pretty strong in saying that they can't. Uh, for right now it's not essential so i don't know if y'all saw where the the rally police department tweeted about uh how protesting is considered non-essential and therefore basically you don't need to you don't need to go out and protest uh i mean how do y'all feel about how do y'all feel about that i think that they're they're scared of people protesting <laughs> i think they're like i think they know they messed up and they're like okay 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 stop 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 they don't want media coverage or people protesting they don't want to turn into michigan where the whole nation is looking at michigan laughing I think a big thing is, I believe they said um, something to the degree of protesting is non-essential, which if you've read the Constitution at all, uh, I believe it's uh, listed as an essential activity uh, in the First Amendment. And in Michigan, they're, they're, they're trying to be conscious of, okay, we, there's a virus out there, we need to be careful, but I want to protest. So they're keeping themselves windows up, minding their own business. And it's just, okay, why are you complaining about that? They're abiding and they're protesting. I mean, the attitude from different people and like entities and government has, has sort of been, yeah, protesting is non-essential. There, no need, y'all don't need to go out and do this. Well, to a certain, at a certain point, at a certain point, if the, if the response from the government has been kind of crappy and you know, they haven't done a very good job and people want to protest that, you can't, I mean, like, you don't get to tell them that they don't have a right to, to protest how you've handled it. So, I think, yeah, and the hypocrisy, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I think protesting is definitely, I don't necessarily know if essential is the right word, but we shouldn't not have that right just because there's a virus. Like I said earlier, it's our decision to make if we want to go outside and protest or not. The government shouldn't be taking that away from us. Um, I think the protesters right now in Austin are kind of protesting about how Abbott's handled things. I know that some people are happy with how he has, but personally, I think that uh, we should get things going faster. So I definitely think that they have a good reason to be down there and they have a good reason to be complaining. Um, And if things were the other way around, if I did fully agree with whatever was happening, I would still respect other people's rights to protest. And Abbott uh, released a plan uh, to start opening retail back up, I think, next week, uh, start opening retail. It's going to be drive up, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got he's, – he's trying to open this back up. Yeah, there's there's been uh, – I think in Lubbock, I know there are a lot of small business owners. Actually, today, uh, earlier today, that had, like, a driving procession protest kind of thing. And I think they were – I think they were protesting sort of – the Lubbock mayor, Dan Pope, as well as sort of urging Abbott to start opening things back up. I think there's been a lot of restlessness there and in other state, uh, other cities here in Texas as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know um, 
uh, the city where my parents live, they've been doing a kind of a movement to help the small locally owned restaurants. Uh, they've been having public works come out and kind of just help set up with social distancing protocols and things like that. And then they post about it all over social media, send out emails to residents, things like that, to just try and get everyone to the restaurant that they've set up and supported to kind of create a safe environment for everyone in the safest way possible to still support that restaurant. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so we actually have a, a guest here on, uh, Will Dominguez, who is the senior vice chairman of the Young Conservatives of Texas. So, Will, can you tell us a little bit about uh, maybe what you do with YCT and um, come on, maybe a little bit about yourself? First of all, thank you all for uh, having me on the show. I appreciate the invite. This is an awesome project that you all have, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, YCT is a nonpartisan activist organization in Texas that primarily operates on college campuses throughout the state of Texas. My position as senior vice chairman is to help assist the organization overall and continue that things move forward. I'm basically a whip, if you can think of something of that nature. Um, to give a little personal background, I live in Dallas right now. I am married. I live in the Carrollton area, actually, and I work for an essential business in Texas, uh, a retail chain of liquor stores, actually. I work at the corporate office as an accountant up there. All right. Yeah, that's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, so what have you seen from Dallas businesses in a Dallas area, uh, kind of their response to how the governments have done, how the governments have handled things? What do you, what do you see up there? So since the company that I work for is a small business, I can give you some background on to what we've seen. So since liquor stores technically fall under essential businesses, you know, we've seen our wholesale customers, mostly bars and restaurants have fallen off the earth. You know, they were shut yeah. down immediately in the middle of March and, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the data shows that this trend is starting to flatten out the curve with the social distancing and, you know, it's, it's amazing how people have adapted. You know, we went from no restaurants or bars to, well, we can deliver alcohol now. We'll let that happen. And curbside has been a tremendous new thing, and it's a new trend rolling forward. As far as the businesses that I've seen, there is a weird trend that I've noticed. So I drive to work every day on Harry Hines Boulevard, and at the first few weeks, all of the businesses were closed. They were all non-essential and they were all empty. And I'm slowly starting to see more and more people start to go to these places. But I noticed all of these places haven't really changed. They just posted up giant signs that said, we sell masks. So they're starting to sell medical face masks. I saw one at a furniture store. And, you know, props to them for trying to find that kind of loophole to open up their business again. But, you know, everybody's just trying to feel their way out of it and either continue operating as is or develop new ideas to make their money. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because in Texas, uh, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but I think in a week or two, when, or once it starts opening back up, masks are going to be mandatory. You will have to have a mask. If you're outside walking around without a mask, and I think, it, I, I'm, I don't know if it's going to be taken to this level of uh, dramatic, but if a police officer sees you walking around the store, or, or not only driving, but walking around the store with no mask on, they're going to approach you and say, where's your mask? Why don't you have one on? I mean, it's going to be a mandatory thing. So it's funny that Will brings, brings that up because a lot of companies are seeing that and they're like, oh my God, 
let's make some money. We're gonna start making masks. Everybody get on it. I agree. I think it's kind of been cool how business to see how businesses have adapted and uh, how they're working around how they're working around all this. Um, yeah. No. Uh, so, Will, what what's your take on some of the stuff that's gone on in states like Kentucky where they've cracked down on uh, on churches that want to host Easter Easter services. What do you, how do you feel about some of that that's going on? It's, it's a difficult position to be in. Uh, part of me feels, you know, personally, it's, you know, it's freedom of religion. We should be able to meet and, you know, nothing should impede us from doing that. But at the same time, I have this other piece of me tugging that says, well, there's this, you know, dangerous thing out there that is causing a lot of hurt to people all over the world. And it's causing a lot of death. And that's something to be, you know, kind of scared of. And it's, it's been this, you know, balancing act of how scared should I be? Am I scared enough to be able to go out to get groceries? Or am I scared enough to actually go out to go to church? You know, part of me does think that with social distancing that we've emplaced, and basically the huge culture shock that the majority of America has felt with these new, you know, everybody stay six feet away. You know, I think we could probably begin looking into options as far as slowly ramping up. And that means, you know, you know, getting back into churches, getting back into retail businesses. The, the other part of me, that's the skeptic in me is, well, if people start thinking that everything's open again, will people continue to practice what we've been telling them as far as wearing face masks, social distancing, hygiene options, you know, it's a difficult, you know, fine line to follow because is everybody going to be on this together or is somebody going to ruin it for everybody? And when Will talks about freedom of religion, uh, uh, we still haven't done a kind of episode where we each talk about our personal lives, but uh, I'm pretty heavily involved in church. My family's pretty heavily involved in ministry. Uh, um, these plates you see, I accumulated on mission trips and stuff like that. Uh, my church has been more united now than ever before with this online church. We, our Facebook page has exploded. All of our views are significantly higher. Uh, we have, uh, we have now prayer hours where every Saturday you pick an hour. I'm about to go from four to five, uh, and you just pray at church. And we have kept it to no more than ten people in the building, and you all need to be spread out six feet apart. But freedom of religion, I, I think, has extremely been exercised. And the, the Kentucky thing, we're talking about drive in church. You're not going to leave your car. You will not. It's not like a, because I've noticed some of the drive-ins close and I, I see why, because people tend to get out, put out their lawn chairs, kids running around. That's not the case at these church services. You stay in your car. Maybe you can roll down your window if you so dare to do so. But, and you can't have your car right next to another one. It, I mean, there are rules in place to abide by the authorities. So I do think that in Kentucky, when they were doing that, it was borderline violation of uh, freedom of religion um, because I mean, they were, they were abiding by the law, the whole point of the drive-in church. If they really wanted to avoid social distancing, they would have just had full blown church. Just everybody show up. They would have. And so I do think that the church is more united now than ever. But then again, whenever the economy opens back up, everybody's going to be at church. Everybody's going to be at the stores. Everybody's going to be at restaurants. And I'm honestly, you know, I'm driving around. I'm trying, I wanted to get a 20 from Wells Fargo yesterday. And the line was wrapped all the way around the bank. And I'm just like, are you, the cure is worse than the disease at this point. It is so ridiculous. I'm like, you know what? I mean, it's unpopular opinion. I'd rather just catch the virus. This is so annoying. I mean, just, oh, wow. I've put up with it for two months. I've put up with it for two months. I think the people that are at risk should be in quarantine. 
I think that my grandparents should stay at home. I think that my mom, who's a cancer survivor of non-lymphoma or non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, should stay at home because she's at risk. But if you look at the percentage of 18-year-olds and, you know, just youth, it's very unlikely that they will die unless you have serious health issues, which if you do, stay at home. But I'm not, I just, I, anyway, I just think that we can abide by social distancing and make life so much better right now. And the whole Kentucky church thing is an extreme violation, in my opinion. I think it's a, I think it provides a really interesting look at kind of the differences between the United States and other Western countries. But like, it kind of makes you wonder, or a lot of us are asking like, what's that, what's really important? And, you know, should we absolutely lock down everything to eliminate every risk of, of maybe getting the virus and spreading the virus? I think in the United States, it's not as, it's not as absolute where we say, you know, we're going to absolutely shut down everything. Um, Cause there are things that we care about a lot. Uh, you know, I'm sure in places like Germany and France and stuff like they care about, they care about their freedom of religion and stuff as well. But here in the U S we haven't, we haven't really been as willing to give that that freedom as maybe some other places where they, where they automatically agree on, agree to not go to church. Um, that, I think it's pretty interesting. Personally. So Will, what's, what do you think about how Trump's taken an approach in the last maybe week or so uh, to get things rolling again with the economy? Well, I, I took some time to read through the guidance on reopening America. And, you know, part of it is it's a plan and it's something it's nice to actually have something in place where states can look to it and say, here's the criteria of getting back on track, because a lot of states are you know, digging themselves further and further into holes and they need a plan for how to get back. I think based on what I read with, you know, needing to see reduction in cases, needing to see a reduction in symptoms, making sure that hospitals aren't at crisis levels, those are good criteria. It's, you know, keeping the hospitals clear. It's making sure that the data shows that your test cases and your symptoms are going down. The only thing that I had a problem with was there wasn't a whole lot of insight as to testing more and more people. It was really leaving a lot of that up to the states. And part of me is like, states' rights. That's awesome. That's, you know, they should follow what they need to do. The other part of me, I'm a big data guy. I need to see, you know, the trend. I need to see, is the data backing up these decisions that states are going to make? And to me, it goes back to the benefit of testing everybody. Because the more people that know that they're safe and you know, they've either caught it and were asymptomatic or they're symptomatic and need to be quarantined, the faster that those people can get back into normal routines and they don't have to abide by the social distancing rules, you know. Will, you say testing everybody. Uh, are you also in favor of everybody getting a vaccine? Because I'm extremely against that. You're dipping into some of my weird science -y issues where, you know, I'm, I, I don't really it's such a hard decision to make as far as personal liberty and health choices, especially when it comes with vaccines. Because with I am not taking a vaccine. That's not going to happen, especially oh. when you see like Fauci yeah. with Bill Gates and Bill Gates talked about population adjustment. And I'm just like, okay, there's so many, there's so many conspiracies around here. And the simple fact is I'm not going to take something from the federal government to inject into myself. With, with something that's being developed so quickly and so 
expediently, the way that they're skipping over specific parts of, you know, dedicated trials that, you know, you have to follow the process to build out a vaccine that, you know, I look at that and I'm like, I need to see, you know, years go by before I feel comfortable with a vaccine of that nature. I do think that, you know, measles, it's been eradicated for years. We should make sure that it's continued to be eradicated. But with, you know, COVID-19, if a vaccine comes out in three months, should I really trust it? They really sped through it. You know, I know a lot of money and effort and energy and smart people were dedicated to that project. Is it worth it? Because, you know, all it takes is one false step and, you know, who knows? I'm not saying, you know, don't get it because, I don't know. See, you're, you're dipping back into that, that gray area of, I want people to make their own choices, but I also want people to be as safe as possible. Yeah, the I see anti, what you're saying. The anti-vaxxer has entered the chat. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I guess my final thoughts on coronavirus, I've kind of felt this way throughout this whole thing. I really feel like the shutdown we did of the economy, um, if it continues for much longer, I think that the effects are going to be worse than the virus itself because everybody is losing their job nobody can do anything, businesses are losing money, and I think that has more long-term effects. So I'm just really hopeful that, I think we should still be cautious, but I really think that we should work on reopening things and getting back to normal. I don't think the virus is ever going to completely go away. I think that it's just going to be around from now on, but that doesn't mean that we can't live normal lives again. So that's how I feel. All right. Well, I want to say thanks to Will for hopping on and being willing to talk with us. I think your wife's probably wants you to get back to her. And uh, yeah, so if you have uh, maybe any social media or anything like that, I think maybe you don't like social media, but if anything you want to plug, uh, go ahead. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on the show. It was a fun conversation. I got to learn a a lot of new information and I got to share what I know and my experience that I've dealt with, with this whole thing going on. You can follow YCT at YCT on Twitter or Instagram, or I don't think we're on TikTok yet, but I'm sure we'll get there at some point. I hope not. <laughs> I pray not. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Will. Thank you for listening to episode three of Saving the Republic. Be sure to share it. Be sure to tune in for episode four. And be sure to look out for future content that we have coming up during the week. If you like this content, please like, subscribe, share it. If you hated it, like, subscribe, and share it. Thanks for tuning in.